We're on our final week of our series called Chase the Dark. And uh, we are kind of bummed that this is coming to an end, but we are so excited that it went so well. Um, This has been one of my favorite series. Ben was telling me it was one of his favorite series. If this series has blessed you, raise your hand. If, If this series about Chase the Dark has blessed your life, sweet. Okay, cool. I'm glad. So let's open it up. Like I said, I got to do this quick because we got a lot of stuff to do tonight. So let's open it up by reading the scripture that we've been reading in Ephesians 6. Can we throw that up on the screen? Perfect. Okay. I'm going to change it up. Does anybody want to read this for me? Anybody? Anybody, 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 anybody? Jeremiah, come here. Hop up up here. Hop up, 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 up. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Everybody give it up for Jeremiah. That was awesome. That was awesome. There's some big words in there. Thank you, buddy. That was perfect. You did wonderful. Wonderful. So we've covered um, all of these so far so for the last two. So we've covered the belt of truth, right, which we talked about. A belt holds everything in place. A belt holds a weapon. A belt, right, does all those things. We talked about the breastplate of righteousness. Ben spoke a wonderful message on righteousness, right? Hey, let's go. Um, we talked about the, sh- the shoes of peace, Right, how how peace will actually allow us to then move? Because sometimes, sometimes when we're when we don't have peace, there's this paralyzing anxiety and this paralyzing stress and things that weigh on us. And if we can find peace, we can move again. Amen. We can get momentum. And the shield of faith, right? We talked about how a shield protects, but a shield also at times attacks and 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 can do things and not just prevent things. And now we're down to two. Everybody say two. We're down to the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit. Now, I'm going to try and, like I said, get through this as quick as possible without compromising the message so we can hang out and do all this kind of stuff. But first, can we pray? Can we pray over this? This is the last message of this series. I want to I bless it. Amen? Jesus, we worship you. God, we just pray over tonight's word. Um, God, that you would, you would speak through me. God, you would speak a word to all of us that we need so desperately. God, help your word come alive to us. Um, God, as your word is, is alive and it's sharper than any two-edged sword, God, we just pray that it would penetrate our hearts tonight in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. All right. 
So we've talked about why Paul has used each of these items to describe each attribute of a faithful Christian. So why does he use a helmet for salvation and a sword for the word of God? Right? Because the last part of that said the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Amen? So the sword represents the word of God. The helmet represents salvation. Now, there's so many different types of helmets out there and so many different types of swords. Right? There's football helmets and there's there's cycling helmets and skateboard helmets and there's military helmets and there's old Roman helmets and samurai helmets and all sorts of other things, right? And swords, there's like the gl- old gladiator swords, there's the, there's the like English swords that they do like this kind of thing with, you know? And uh, you're whispering, I can't hear you. <laughs> um, what, was, what were you saying? Say it loud. Say it loud. A katana. Is that the is that the like ninja one or the samurai one? That's sick. So a katana. There's all sorts of different types of swords, types of helmets. So what what type of helmet are we supposed to wear? Right. I remember as a kid thinking that what helmet I wore with my bike determined how cool I was. Who was there when you were a kid, right? What helmet I wore while I rode my bike determined how cool I was. Turns out, I picked the wrong one every time. Turns out I wasn't very cool. Turns out, I'm pretty sure every single one of you were cooler than I was when I was a kid, especially Ken. Ken was a lot cooler than I was, still is. Um, time out, I wanna say, two, two weeks ago, uh, we, were, we had a little leaders meeting, and Ken, I asked Ken to pray, and uh, he, I, I, I want to say, you shocked me, man. You really, you really did, because if you know Ken, Ken is so goofy, he's just like, you, you wonder if he has a serious bone in his body, right? He's just, which is a blessing a lot of times, because he's just lifting everybody's spirits. He's so fun, so, uh, but he's joking around at all times, and, uh, but I had him pray the other week and man, it was a profound prayer and it was beautiful and it was, and, and you got, you got a calling on you and you're anointed. And so, um, pull out those serious bones every once in a while. Okay. All right. Give it up for Ken. He's awesome. So at first, my first bike, everybody say first bike, first bike, my first bike was this red mongoose. So it was tough as nails. With, with, the, with the gear thing that was on the handle like this. Oh, yeah. Which I know now that's like kind of the like not as nice version. But whatever. It was cool, okay? I had this black and red mongoose bike with a black and red bike helmet. So my parents actually hooked it up. But because I was looking at everybody else's stuff, I thought my stuff was lame. Who's ever been there? You had something cool, and you're like, no, it's lame because everybody else doesn't have what I have. But turns out you're the cool one, okay? So then I thought this was uh, cool for a while, but eventually I started looking at other people's stuff, and I thought it wasn't cool enough. So naturally, I decided I wanted a different bike. So what bike did I get? No, I didn't get another mongoose. I got a red and black American Chopper bike. You guys remember those? Did you ever see one of those? You're sitting like this. Super, there's no way ever you're riding that thing uphill. No way. There, it's not, it's literally not possible because you're sitting down and your legs are out here like this. But anyways, I look cool because I was riding 
a chopper. I was riding a motorcycle, and it was tough. And so here's what I did also. I said, I got to trade in my helmet. I can't be riding around a motorcycle with a with a bike helmet. Yeah, right. So I went to Toys R Us, and, uh, and I got this blue, fully enclosed motorcycle helmet made out of styrofoam, right? So I had a blue helmet, right, looking like an expo marker, and... And, I, and, and then I had my red and black chopper bike, which all of a sudden I thought was way cooler than the first setup I had. And I found out really quick that I was now the laughing stock of the entire neighborhood because I couldn't ride my bike uphill. And so everyone's like, yo, let's go over to this person's house. Yeah, I'll be there in 15. Why? I got to walk my bike. Uh, and my bike was so heavy. It was heavy, heavier than anybody else's bike. Also, and then when I put my helmet on, it wasn't just like a normal helmet. I put this like this whole helmet on. Like I, like I had... Like, my parents wanted my brain to be safe and stuff. Like, I had a squishy head or something. And, and so I'm wearing this big helmet with no, like, no visor. It didn't even have a visor. It was like, you know how the normal bike helmets are that, like, gray styrofoam? Everybody know that? So that's what this whole helmet was made out of. But it, like, went across my face. Um, but I thought I was tough as nails. And then I wasn't. I was a loser. So um, super cool. I know. Then the next step, I said, all right, we got to change things around here. Because I was wearing, like, these... I was just, it was, it was a mess. I moved from Washington to Vegas. Everybody in Vegas was way cooler than all my friends were in Washington in terms of, like, style and stuff. So I just wasn't fitting in. I thought, uh, I thought, oh, we're moving to Vegas. It's kind of bougie. I'll get the chopper bike. It didn't work out. So it's cool. And then I asked my mom, Mom, can I get some of them skater shoes that all the other kids have? And she's like, sure, honey. She went to the mall, asked someone at the mall, do you know where I can find the skater shoes? They said, yeah, right over there. Uh, and so she bought me some Skechers. And, uh, and so I was rolling hot with my Skechers in my my American chopper bike and my fully enclosed helmet with the strap, right? And so, um, so anyways, I realized really soon the sketchers weren't working, the bike wasn't working, and the helmet definitely wasn't working. So I said, I got to fix this. So, so I said, Mom, I need a BMX bike. She said, Okay, I'll get you a BMX bike. And uh, and so they actually did good. They got me, they got me a BMX bike. I said, Mom, I need a skater helmet. She said, What does that look like? I was like, It's kind of like this. And then it goes. In the back, okay? It's like, a, it's like a bicycle helmet with a mullet. That's what it looks like. And, uh, and so if you know what a skater helmet looks like, it straight up does look like that. So, so then they got me one. I had this gray skater helmet. looked like I had a mullet in the back. And then, and then I had my BMX bike. So I was, like, super, super cool. Until everybody knew that I couldn't do even one trick on my bike. Not even close. I didn't even know how to skateboard. So I'm, I, I, they found out really quickly that I was a poser, right? So I'm rolling up all tough on my bike with my new helmet. And they're like, yo, can you do a bunny hop? I said, uh, what's that? They're like, you know, like when you jump? <laughs> I was like, nah, fam, can't. They're like, sick, bro. <laughs> so anyways, so, the, so, so, so I was a poser, and now I don't wear helmets, okay? So if, if anybody sees me riding a bike around, I, I don't wear a helmet, not because I don't think it's safe. It's just because I don't want to get made fun of anymore, okay? I'm scarred. So why did I tell you this? I have no clue. Okay, let's get back to the important stuff. So, the helmet of salvation. I think I was venting. You guys were my therapist for the moment. I needed to get that out, okay? It was rough for me, all right? That was one of, I got bullied, and I just, I need help. Okay, so, moving on to the important stuff. So, why a helmet for salvation? Why does Paul use a helmet to signify salvation? This one, actually, when I was thinking about it on my own, all the other ones were pretty easy. I was thinking like, oh, a belt and truth, that makes sense. Like it kind of holds things together, holds things up, right? Shoes for peace, my man, that's cool. I was like, helmet and salvation, I don't, really, I don't really get that. I was like, I'm trying to think about 
Because in some ways, the helmet and peace might have went together well, right, for our, for our, like, mental state and things like that. So I was like, helmet and salvation, what is, what is So I'm thinking about it, reading the Bible, reading my study Bible and the subsections underneath and trying to figure this whole thing out. And in my extensive research about helmets, I found out this fact. The helmets protect your head. Right? So, so it was great. And uh, I could write a paper on it now. So, uh, in fact, I did, and you're listening to it. So, um, this sounds obviously self-explanatory and super easy. You're like, yeah, dude, we all knew helmets protect your head. Why else would you wear one? I thought when I was a kid it was to look cool. Apparently it's not. Um, but a helmet is very important, right? An attack, like in war, or an injury, like on my bike, to the head could result in death because your head holds something that's really, really important, a brain, right? Some of you might be thinking, Brett, I, we got to check that in you, dog. I don't, know if you, I don't know if you got one of those. I do, okay? That's why I wore a helmet. So an attack or an injury to the head could result in death. And it was with this that I realized why Paul picked a helmet for salvation because salvation protects, like a helmet protects your head, salvation protects your soul. Salvation ensures eternal life. So just just like how an attack to the head can kill you, an attack to the soul could result in eternal death instead of eternal life. And not the type of death you're thinking about, but the death of your soul, which is way worse than the death of your body. It equals, the death of your soul equals an, an, an eternity in hell. You're like, okay, whoa, dog, <laughs> chill, right? That, that just got super heavy. But it's true because the original, because of the original sin and the fall of mankind, we were on this free fall, this, this out of control free fall where we're spinning out, ah, right? And we're on this trajectory towards hell and Jesus offers us a way out, right? We're, we're free falling, oh no, because, because, because of mistakes that were made and, and things that happened. Mistakes were made, things happened, this is why we can't have nice things, right? And we're, we're falling like this and Jesus reaches out his hand and says, I have a way out of this. So that you don't have to land on your head. And that way out, the protection for our souls in free fall is what? Salvation. John 5, 24 says, truly, truly, I say to you, this is Jesus. He says, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. So this act of salvation is, is literally bringing you from death to life. And, and, and so it's not, it's not that it's keeping you from dying. It's literally reviving you. Right? And, and so helmets, like, on our head, those protect us from potential injury or death. Right? Salvation literally brings us back from the grave. When we were destined to, to hell for eternity, all these types of things. Right? Right? Jesus says that it has has passed from death to life. John 3, 16 and 17 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. So Jesus wasn't sent so that you could die, but he was sent so that you could live. 
So this helmet of salvation is the very thing that protects us from the kill shot, you know? So we've seen that in movies. They're like, oh, yo, kill shot. I don't know why people do that. Hold it sideways. You, if you've ever shot a gun, it for sure does not work like that, <laughs> right? Um, I mean, potentially it can, but it's just, it, you know what I mean? We'll have a Nerf war, and we'll all try and shoot our guns sideways. It just doesn't work as good, okay? But this helmet of salvation protects us from the hypothetical kill shot, the thing that's going to take us out, the thing that's going to potentially ruin us. It protects our soul from the punishment it deserves. But like a helmet should, it actually protects our brain. It protects our mind as well. Romans 12.2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So protect your mind. Protect your soul. In the midst of the mess of this world, there is a Savior, and his name is Jesus. Now, the sword of the Spirit. Let's move on to that. So we talked about the helmet. The helmet protects us. It saves our soul from, from, from the punishment that it deserves, right? We get to live instead of die because of the helmet. Why a sword? Sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Why a sword? Because the Word, just like a sword, can pierce a heart. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. If you, who knows what a two-edged sword is? Raise your hand if you know what a two-edged sword is. If you don't know, I'm, gonna, I'm about to learn you something. It's real simple. It's a sword that has two sides to it, two edges. So like your kitchen knife, how it has one sharp part, a two-edged sword has two sharp parts. It goes all the way around. Make sense? Sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. A sword can divide or cut. So because of that, the word will help us divide or separate or cut truth from lies, good from evil, and right from wrong. So, so the reason that Paul uses the, the word of God as a sword is because it can penetrate a heart and it can, it can separate things. You will then, if you, you, if you have the word of God, you will learn truth from lies. You will learn good from evil. You will learn fr- right from wrong. Amen? Jesus uses the word of God against Satan in the wilderness when he is tempted. Anybody remember that story? Jesus goes into the wilderness for 40 days, 40 nights, and the, and, and the enemy tempts him, and he uses the word to pull back from that. But the interesting thing is Satan uses the word too, just without context or understanding. So what I'm saying is, is it is not good enough to just know or read the word, but we must seek to understand it. Amen? We must pray for wisdom as we read, pray for revelation from the Holy Spirit as we read the word, or engage in worship or even listen to a message like this one. We ought to be praying for understanding. I don't want to just know what the Bible says. I want to understand it. I don't want to just know who God is. I want to understand the person of God. I want to have a relationship with God. Who's ever heard that? I'm I'm not religious. I have a relationship, right? What that's kind of meaning is like, look, I don't want to just know what the Bible says. I want to know who wrote the Bible himself. Right? I, I don't want to know how someone's life can be changed. I want to know the one who's going to change it. Now, as I close out this series, I want you to know one thing. 
no matter how big, daunting, or scary the dark is that we've been talking about this whole time, chasing the dark, God has already overcome it. So step into it with the authority Jesus has given you. While wearing truth, righteousness, peace, faith, salvation, and the word of God, and you will have victory. Amen. I'll leave you this one with this one thing, and then we're going to get to the last part of today's service, and then we're going to party. Amen. So we put on this armor of God so that we can, we can, we can fight against evil things and we can run at the darkness and be protected and, and shine our light into it and light up the dark room, right? But Romans 8.31 says, what then shall we say to these things? What then shall we say? If God is for us, who could be against us? And so it's, it, it, it's, it's really good to have all these things on, right? The truth and the peace and the righteousness and, the, and salvation and the sword of the spirit. All these things. Have the word of God with you. All these things are great. But the one thing I want you to take from this whole series, the one thing that I want you to take is that if God is for you, who could be against you? And so we're going to camp next week and, and we're going to have this experience. And some of you are, some of you are, some of you are all in. Right? Some of you are like, I'm bought into this thing. Like, I, I believe in Jesus, and I know that he's with me, and he's going to protect me, and I'm ready to change the world for his name. And some of you are like, that sounds kind of cool. Like, being a Christian, like, seems nice. Like, Christians are sometimes nice people. You know, it's cool. Like, I dig it. Some of you are like, no. <laughs> no, thank you. But I promise you, if you give God a chance, that he, he'll change your life. I promise you he will. And I promise you that nothing that tries to stand up against you will stand anymore if he's with you. I think about it. David goes up to Goliath, this 14-foot tall giant with a giant two-edged sword and all this armor. And David says, I got my slingshot. And he says, you come at me with all these things. But I, I come at you with, with God by my side. So, so there, there's, this, there's this boldness of the teenager David who, who rolls up to this, this, this fighter. Who, he, he was bred for war, basically. <laughs> and he says, I got a couple stones, my slingshot, and God, and that's all I need. And as a matter of fact, I probably don't even need the slingshot. Right? That's how we ought to walk through life. Life is too tough and too complicated and too confusing and too scary and too depressing and too messed up for us to walk in it without God. It just is. We're never going to make it. We're never going to make it if we try to do it by ourselves. If we try and do it by the world's standards, you see these people and these celebrities that have all the money in the world, everything you could possibly imagine, and life is still terrible. Why? Because there's something missing. And then you go to a country like Uganda or someone where, where they don't have nothing. And the one thing they have is Jesus. And they're happier than anybody I've ever seen in my life. Why? Because all you need is God. That's it. So seniors who just graduated, as you move on into the next stage of life, remember that. You could put on this whole armor of God. You could read your Bible. You could do that. But just remember, the, if, if I could give you one thing, all you need is God. You don't need anything else. You don't need the approval of anybody else. You don't need to impress anybody else with your new job that you got. Even those things are great. I want you to succeed. I want you to do that. But just, just know that all you need is God in life. Amen.